the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. into the second hour powered by uh, liz harrington our final guest in the first hour of the show today and then uh some information that i had about uh what people are thinking about our country it's uh, uh one of those things that has me concerned about i congressman i, I let me just ask you when they talk to people over 45 years of age and asked them, the founding fathers, heroes or villains, 71% call them heroes, and only 10% call them villains. When you ask that same question to someone under 30, uh, 35% call them uh, 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 villains, and only 31% call them heroes. Now, that would tell me somewhere along the line, uh, the history of our country is not being translated, and perhaps... Uh, we should start looking at the curriculum of our high schools and colleges. What do you think? Dave, good morning. I couldn't agree more. You know, the last 30 years, uh, our uh, history on university campuses has just evolved into a uh, specialty victim class uh, studying. So we want to look at every micro aspect of sociology in in America and find the victims and talk about American history in that context. And people get history credit for it if they're a history major or taking a, a class to get three hours in history. But they don't get the big picture. They don't get the uh, extraordinary uh, accomplishment of creating America from whole cloth uh, and the results of that in the world, which is the world is a far better place due to the republic called the United States of America. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yesterday, the uh, Republican Senate came out with their new uh, plan for more money uh, being sent out to businesses and to be sent out to individuals. Uh, Schumer and Pelosi immediately shot holes in it, set it on fire and said, no, let's go with I think ours is called the Heroes Act. Theirs is called the Care Act. And uh, I, I would assume that that was exactly what you thought that the Democrats would do, was exactly uh, say there's nothing good in this whatsoever. I loved Marco Rubio's comment yesterday, the senator from Florida, when he said, we could have introduced their bill and they would have trashed it and said it was no good. <laughs> that's true. That's, I mean, that's true. We're in, we're in the political season, the silly season, and it's just all posturing. It's all uh, messaging. And uh, what 
Mitch McConnell attempted to do was wait and assess how the economy was doing, how the money that we appropriated back in March and April uh, was in the out in the uh, our society, over $3 trillion appropriated. So he was trying to narrow the focus to those things he thought were most important. President Trump wanted payments to families again, so Mitch McConnell put that in, the $1,200 per, per tax rebate. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, because the virus has been so up and down in different regions of the country and some places have had to close their restaurant back down, there was consensus to extend the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP program for small business, and, and that was done, again, with Marco Rubio's uh, uh, leadership. And then people wanted to make sure there was funding uh, necessary for schools. Uh, I'm, you know, That's not numbers that have been sent to me in detail because we sent so many uh, – hundreds of millions of dollars out to school systems across the country as to what that gap is. But that's what the Senate's tried to do. And then the final point, Dave, is to remove any disincentives for going back to work. So they've tried to adjust this unemployment compensation uh, program that sits on top of the state unemployment compensation. Yeah, bottom line there, uh, that 600 extra dollars they're getting uh, per week uh, not to work probably was not the best idea. I've, I've always heard, you know, uh, pay for the things you want, tax for the, the things that you don't want. And, uh, you know, we gave them money, so they definitely want to keep that. And now uh, that you start talking about perhaps changing that amount, uh, people start saying, you want to take it away from us now? It, that's just to be expected. Yeah, and that's just not the case. People who have unemployment compensation are on it. Uh, The state has it. The federal government's picking up the administrative tab. When Harry Reid, your favorite uh, leader in the Senate, and Speaker Pelosi and Barack Obama were in charge after the 2009 crisis, where we had the largest unemployment spike, worst recession since uh, the Great Depression, President Obama and Harry Reid and Speaker Pelosi's suggestion was, well, we'll give you $25 extra per week. That's what their big recession bonus was, $25 a week. This amount, designed by Chuck Schumer, agreed to by Steve Mnuchin, of $600 just dislocates the labor market. It just blows it up. I mean, it might be fine in midtown Manhattan, but in rural Arkansas, where people are earning $20 a uh, an hour working in a sawmill and they have a hundred thousand dollar cost of a house and have a much lower standard of living uh it it causes people to not go back to work and so that's why the senate's tried to find this middle ground and replace uh, ultimately only up to about 70 percent of average wages uh it's still tough because we had these antiquated broken unimpressive state unemployment systems that are using 1970s technology. So you're you're firmly in the in the side that you think the Paycheck Protection Program uh, should continue with some caveats. Is that correct? I do. I think it should continue through the end of the year. Look, the the health public health professionals, uh, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Redfield and all the leaders that briefed us in March 
felt like the virus would come into the United States, sweep across the United States, and then begin to ebb. Naturally, we all have our responsibilities, so I'm not saying there's not personal responsibility to follow the CDC standards. But the virus is certainly longer, more sustained, more uh, pernicious across the country. And so the idea that we were going to just have 8 to 12 weeks of business shutdown is clearly not the case. And so that's why I think extending that program is helpful to our small businesses. Okay, so you have this. Uh, This is not going to happen probably until August. That's what I'm hearing is you're right there. What are you hearing as far as phase four goes? Well, when you compare uh, what uh, Speaker Pelosi demanded uh, two months ago with her Green New Deal and her redo Americans elections and all this stuff in her bill, it has nothing to do with the coronavirus. And you strip all that stuff out, all that ridiculous left-wing AOC list, uh, there are categories of agreement, you know, between these two bills. And so I would hope that Democratic leaders and Republican leaders could find consensus in the next two weeks and get this uh, bill completed. And the reason for that is uh, to give some surety to small business after August 8th, when the PPP program expires give some planning certainty to those families who need to go back to work and uh, have access to uh, unemployment compensation. And then finally, make sure all of our school districts are ready to teach our kids. So um, that's my my view of it, is that it can be done faster. And it should be done faster. This is not a new sub-subject. Let's, get, let's do the hard work. Let's roll our shirt sleeves up and let's get this done. Yeah, and... Just before we go to break, uh, talk about this for a minute. When you have these committees that form, uh, when you got a Democrat, you got the Democrats and the Republicans, and they uh, they sit down and decide what they want to do. I mean, is is it like a food fight, or is it okay, guys? Look, we understand what's got to get done. Uh, let's get this finished. Is it that kind of a meeting? It is. It's composed of the senior Republican and the senior Democrat on each of the committees, plus the leadership in the House and the Senate. This this is being done in the Senate first. What Mitch McConnell has to do is get 60 votes to pass his bill. So that's the first step. And that's what they're working on this week and early next week. Uh, And they're saying, here's where we agree. Here's where we disagree. And they just begin to hash out those disagreements. All right. When we come back, let's uh, talk about Speaker Pelosi. It's the second week of appropriations. And uh, let's find out what the speaker is saying. Uh, You issued a statement uh, last week uh, against her partisan funding packages. Uh, You're feeling the same, still feeling as strongly as you did. Let's talk about that when we continue. Our guest is Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. And I need to tell you about PI Roofing. Uh, They came out uh, yesterday uh, for me, and they uh, put down some material that uh, covered up some holes uh, that occurred when they put my satellite dish uh, on my uh, top of my house. Now, look, the, uh, DirecTV didn't leave holes up there, and it started leaking uh, over the time with the wind uh, blowing and things of that nature. 
and moving it, it caused it to loosen some, and uh, it caused uh, some rotting of of the wood. So PI Roofing is going to replace that. DirecTV was out yesterday. They put a new bracket in in a new place, so I don't have to worry about the leaks there anymore after Friday and really don't have to worry now because it's been covered up with this uh, faux kind of uh, shingles that will shed water and not let water into my house. That's the kind of of uh, work you'll get uh, from the folks at PI Roofing. They worked with DirecTV. They talked it over. They got it all worked out, and now the, it'll be finished before the uh, the weekend. And we got a little bit of rain going to be in the area, and that's uh, being fixed so that it doesn't get in my house. So I'm a happy camper. I think you'll be a happy camper, too, with PI Roofing, 707-3551 on the phone and piroofing.com. All right, so let's get back with Congressman French Hill uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, the representative uh, released a statement after rejecting House Democrats' latest spending bill, uh, H.R. 7608. Just a few things that are in that bill that the uh, congressman was against, uh, providing over $37 billion as emergency spending $15 billion is for the Democrats' partisan infrastructure bill. We talked about that last week. $10 billion is for uh, uh, COVID-19 relief, even though the Democrats passed a $3 trillion supplement. It prohibits the uh, president's administration reforms to reduce regulatory burdens. It limits America's domestic energy production. It permanently prevents that and any future administration from making changes to the welfare programs, not funding the border wall, and on and on and on. I mean, the only reason that Pelosi would bring such a ridiculous piece of legislation up is that she knows she's got the majority, and uh, the majority in the House runs from the uh, crazy leftists that can you know hold about 60 votes over there yeah i mean she's nancy pelosi is no longer speaker of the house i mean effectively the squad is the speaker of the house they set the tone of the debate they set the agenda they set the legislative agenda and Steny hoyer and nancy pelosi are just their vessels to get that done so they can go out on tv every night and, and talk about how the country is moving left so here's the big picture on all these appropriations bills that the House Democrats have put forward. Last year, when uh, the president got his defense spending and his border security uh, spending agreed to and passed into law by the Congress, they set a two-year deal on the budget for 2020, uh, you know, expiring this September, and September 2021, they did a joint bipartisan agreement. Well, uh, Nancy Pelosi just took that agreement and tore it up, threw it in the trash can because like, like she the did bill the president's state of the, the floor, union. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean she duplicated her state of the union move with the budget this year, and so this set of bills cost 225 billion more than that agreement plus. She added back in all these poison pill, uh, non-financial legal measures, such as stopping American energy drilling, 
stopping uh, construction of money we've already approved on border security measures, and the list just goes on and on. But that big picture issue is they broke their word. They agreed to a 2020 and a 2021 discretionary spending number, and they broke it to the tune of it goes up $225 billion for next year. And that's why House Republicans are unified in voting no on these these bills. They're not going to be signed into law. This will go, this spending debate will go on through the election, I'm sure. Congressman, I get this question a lot, and I'll let you field it this time. And that is a lot of people that are out that listens to my show and and they're conservatives. They want to know why it seems like you know they say this, uh, that the Republican Party does not actively fight back enough. Well, in the House, uh, the majority rules, and when we propose amendments to change bills, those amendments are ruled out of order in the Rules Committee, which is controlled by the Democrats. So when you come to the House floor, they control the time. The time is split 50-50 between the Republicans and the Democrats. If they don't don't allow uh, any Republican amendments to change the bill, uh, it's very difficult to find anything to, uh, you know, fight over other than just to vote no. And so uh, when Nancy Pelosi is proposing these bills, you'll see, I think, probably a universal Republican no vote against the uh, House spending proposals by Speaker Pelosi, which then means that we go and have to work with uh, the Senate. Uh, in order to develop a budget each year. And, of course, Mitch McConnell has to get 60 votes to pass something out of the Senate. So he, too, has to have Democratic support over in the Senate. So last question for you, and I'll let you go. Is it Are we in a, a, a position right now as the Republican Party that we can't do much in the House? Uh, and uh, it, it seems like the Senate, the deliberative body, uh, don't want to rock the boat too much, and the president is just wanting to get things done. I mean, uh, do you see anything happening now between now and election? I don't. I don't. Dave. It's an election year. I think people are focused on, and the American people are focused on the pandemic. They want to get their public health back, and they want this to get this economy open. And about sixty-five or seventy percent of the parents want their kids back in school. It depends on what city you live in, but uh, the people want to get back to normal. So I think spending, and this is why we're debating this this final coronavirus-related uh, bill, it's because the American people want to fight this virus, beat the virus, and get their economy back. But you need to know, Americans uh, in the Republicans in the House and Senate fight for American defense, fight for the First Amendment, fight for the Second Amendment, fight for the whole Bill of Rights. And we fight regularly against uh, the left wing agenda of a Green New Deal, uh, free everything for everybody, uh, and uh, this idea that uh, law and order is not needed in this country. We ought to defund all of our police departments. So. You've got Republicans from all stripes, from all states in the union, fighting against that left-wing agenda every day in Washington. Does it get covered in the press? Sure, I guess some, not much, but not enough for others. So know that conservatives are up there fighting for our country, and this is a very, very important year when it comes to that topic. All right. 
We'll have you on again next week, and uh, we are under 100 days to November, and I'm sure that things are going to heat up even more so before we get there to November and uh, the election of the president again. Thank you, Congressman. Appreciate it, Dave. All the best. Talk to you later now. All right. So, Congressman French Hill with us from Washington, D.C. Coming up, Congressman Bruce Westerman joins us from Washington, D.C. as well. But Rush is going to uh, chime in now. He's got 60 seconds to tell you what's on his mind. 